Strategic Living with Brian Holmes, episode number 53. Let your yes be yes. How to go all in. Hey, this is Cliff Ravenscraft from PodcastAnswerMan.com, and you are listening to the Strategic Living Podcast with my great friend, Brian Holmes, who is now going to take your thinking to the next level. Welcome, everyone, to the program today. Great to be back with you. Here on the Strategic Living Podcast, we are all about transforming minds, developing leaders, awakening dreams, activating destinies. Hey, we can change nations if we do this, right? It's our desire to see you healed, your mind renewed and transformed. We want to see you discover who you really are and to engage all that God has created you to be and do. It's going to be a great program today. I'm going to challenge you, challenge you hard. Let's get started, everybody. Well, it's exciting to be back with you today, and uh, I have been really all over the place since we last met. In fact, I just got back recently from a trip to... Africa, uh, just for those who may not be aware, Africa is not a country. Africa is a continent that contains many countries, and I have been traveling there for now over 18 years. I believe this most recent trip was my 28th time to visit the motherland, and it was just a remarkable time. I had wonderful time in Zambia with my friends Cyrus and Gertrude Simwanza, doing an amazing work there, training leaders, growing people, pouring into lives. And I do believe with all of my heart they're going to change their region because of the work they're doing there. We had a just tremendous time with them, with other leaders that they're working with. And gosh, what a what a fantastic week it was there in Zambia. After Zambia, I traveled to Zimbabwe, specifically Harare, Zimbabwe. I've been working now for 18 years with Bishop Tudor Bismarck, and he is a friend, a colleague, but more than all of that, he is truly a father in my life, a mentor, someone who has uh, graciously opened his world to me so that I might learn and I might grow. It's one of those relationships in your life where you recognize that God brought someone into your sphere, and by connecting with them and, and moving with them and just serving them even, God intended all along to grow you as a person, to actually equip you, to empower you in a greater way so that you can accomplish more. And that's the relationship that God's blessed me with, with Bishop Tudor Bismarck, his precious wife, Chichi Bismarck, their kids who I've known since they were all very small. But this year we celebrated in Zimbabwe 40 years of ministry, 40 years Bishop Bismarck has been serving growing a nation, growing a people, uh, changing cultures, and really pouring into the lives of people, not only on the continent of Africa, but around the world. Truly a great voice in the body of Christ, a great voice in the business sector, a great voice to heads of state and nations. 
and uh, we honor him and respect him and say congratulations on 40 years of ministry. Uh, I was really blessed this trip because my wife joined me in Zimbabwe, and uh, she doesn't travel with me overseas a lot, but this time it was just a pleasure to have her at my side the entire time I was in Zimbabwe, and uh, really a joy to have her. Well, I want to dive into our content today and talk to you about something that is dear to my heart. We, we live in a day where there are all kinds of opportunities. There's all kinds of things that we can do. There are dreams that God presents to us that are for our taking. They're for us to experience. He puts those desires in our heart so that we can move into our own destiny, our own greatness. Uh, there are relationships, as we've mentioned, that God brings into our lives that are for mutual benefit, but yet in order to really take advantage, I suppose, of the potential that is in these various opportunities and connections and relationships, there's something we have to do to really maximize, to leverage what God intends for us to receive in those opportunities. And that is this little word called commitment. Commitment. It's what I call going all in. And I want to talk to you today on this topic. Let your yes be yes. How to go all in, how to be fully committed, fully engaged in what it is God has given you to do. Well, as we often do here, I want to begin by sharing a biblical principle that will, I believe, give us the right foundation to grow this from. I'm going to read this passage here from several translations. It's Matthew chapter 5, verse 33 to 37. The New American Standard Bible says this, Again, you have heard that the ancients were told, You shall not make false vows but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. But I say to you, make no oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you make an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair, white or black. But let your statement be yes, yes, or... Let your statement be no, no. There's a double enunciation of each of those there. It's a an affirmative. I say yes and I mean yes. Or I say no and I mean no. Anything beyond that statement is evil. The NIV says, simply let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. The New Living Translation, I like this one, says... Just say a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this, again, is from the evil one. One more from this translation, the Young's literal translation, but let your word be yes, yes, no, no. And that which is more than these is of the evil. One more scripture I want to share with you quickly here. It's James 5, chapter 5, rather, verse 12. It says... But above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath, but your yes is to be yes and your no, no, 
so that you may not fall under judgment. Wow. I, I don't know how I could say any of that more clearly than what the Scripture gives us in this principle, and that is that if you're going to say yes to something, say yes. If you're going to say no, mean it and say no. But by all means, do one of them. Well, throughout history, throughout history, God has allowed mankind the freedom to hear and answer his call. God has, as we mentioned, brought opportunities to us and given us the free will to say yes to something or to say no to something. And having predetermined our our own destiny, that is, God has done that, having already determined what our unique assignment would be in this life, having already crafted in the heavens and the eternal script the purpose for which we were born, God is always looking in the earth to find or to see or to observe what he has said about us. In other words, if he said something, it is so. So he's always observing and looking to see is what he said manifesting in our lives based on his own expectation of his word to be fulfilled. You know, Isaiah 55 says that when God sends a word out, it cannot return to him without having accomplished what it was sent to do. So God is always looking at our lives in this context. Is my word being manifest? Is my word actually showing up in the earth? Is this individual saying yes to what I've said? And are they then walking out their life in a way that bears the fruit of what that word is. The simple fact is that you and I are faced every day with a choice to serve God and the vision he has for our life, to to serve in his kingdom, or we can choose, ladies and gentlemen, to conveniently dismiss ourselves from his call or from the plans he has for us. But fulfilling the assignment and destiny that God has given one is never easy. It's certainly not simple. And it's definitely not convenient because if we are going to partake of the the scope and the scale of blessing and promise and potential that God has set before us, then it's probably going to come with many moments of choice and decision, many opportunities for us to say yes or to say no. God has in fact, promise that if we would simply obey him, if we would agree with heaven, if we would follow his path, if we would exercise diligence and disciplines, that he would complete the work in us. There's only so much you and I can do, frankly. In fact, I'm reminded of the scripture that says, without him, we can do nothing. But then there's the other scripture that says, with him, all things are possible. So, I am very aware that I cannot do or perform or accomplish what he's given me to do outside of the grace of my relationship with him and his involvement in my life. I know that. But I also know that God is not going to do for me what he expects me to do on my own behalf. Never before in all of history has God elected to do anything outside of man's involvement. In other words, if God is going to perform a miracle in the earth, he's going to look for a man or a woman or a child that says yes to him when presented with the opportunity. 
I know God's sovereign. I know that we say he can do, he does anything he wants to do, when he wants to do it, where he wants to do it. I think we need to revisit our definition of sovereignty because even in his sovereignty, he has chosen to involve the participation of man in order that his will might be accomplished, which means if I say no at the wrong moment, or even if I say yes but don't mean it, and I don't fully engage and get involved and go all in to what he's put before me, then his will, his plan will not be manifest in the earth. It will not show up in my life. Therefore, the benefits, the fruit of that will also not be a part of my life. So if God's going to accomplish anything in our world, guess what? It's going to take you and me to be involved with him. He's looking for somebody to say yes. Now, I've talked on this program on numerous occasions about hearing God's voice and being involved with Father. In fact, right now on our Monday Mastery Series, and I encourage you to plug into that on Mondays. It's quick, it's easy, it's a quick hit. But we're talking right now about relating with God as Father and and hearing his voice and being led by the Spirit. It's very powerful. We hear his voice speaking in moments of spiritual in-tuneness, I call it, where you know we might be in a church service, we might be in a time of devotion or uh, whatever. We might be in a time of crisis and we reach out to God and God speaks. We can hear God in those moments. But if we're going to see the, the benefit of what he is saying to us in those moments, it requires something of us. It requires action. It requires sometimes sacrifice. It certainly requires obedience. It's very easy, I believe, to say yes to God when we're in his presence. I'm a worshiper. I love being in a worship environment. In fact, every day in our home, we have uh, an atmosphere that we try to create by saturating uh, our home with not just noise and news and television blaring and all that stuff. No, we try to have something going in the house that did really offers space for God to be there with us. So I love the presence of God. And when you're in that place, it's very easy. Man, you know, uh, somebody visits your church and, and they, they preach a message or you hear something on YouTube or whatever, and in that moment, God prompts your heart and you say, oh, yes, God, I'll do that, I'll do it. It's easy to say yes in a moment like that. It's another thing, however, then to to leave that moment and to execute or walk out the yes by rearranging our world in order that we might obey and fulfill that yes. I want to say that again. It's easy to say yes in the moment. It's another thing altogether to execute or to walk out the consequences of that yes. Because to do that, we have to literally rearrange our world. We have to move pieces. We have to, watch this, we might have to say no to something to make room for this yes. And I really believe that God is less interested interested in our words and he's much more interested in our the the faith that we exhibit by taking action because we know faith is not an expression of words. It's not. Faith is not, yes, I believe. No, that doesn't mean squat. It's great to confess that you believe, but to really believe, one must take action on what they are professing they believe. Faith then, by 
When I take action, my action becomes the substance which makes my faith tangible. And then the practical application of that word that God has spoken, that word that we've chosen to believe, despite the unknown, despite the uncomfortable, it becomes the tangible fruit of that thing. You see, faith, again, without works, is dead. That's dead. I love saying that word like Texans say it, dead. It's a three-syllable word. Faith without action is dead. It has no life, has no meaning, and it has no authenticity. Words, just speaking words without real faith and action produces no results. I want you to get that. Speaking the word of faith is paramount to my walk with God and my progress forward. But speaking the word of faith without taking the action that backs up that faith will not produce results. But hearing God's word, responding in active obedience, being willing to adjust our lives, to accommodate his plans, to accommodate his movements, that, ladies and gentlemen, produces significant fruit in our lives. So I'm going to pause here for a moment and just say to you, where is it in your life that you have professed belief in something but you've yet to take action on it. I'm going to say it again. Where in your life have you professed, Lord, I believe. Yes, I believe that's what I'm supposed to do. Uh, Yes, I'm supposed to start that business. Yes, I'm supposed to do this. But you've not yet taken the time to step out of quote-unquote religious faith and move over into active faith, real faith, faith that truly bears fruit. I want you to consider that question. Well, let me give you a few biblical examples of guys that were faced with a decision, a choice. Will my yes be yes or will my no be no? How about Abraham? After all of the years he waited for his promised son, and then as Isaac is a little older now, a little lad, God speaks to him yet again after all these years, and God says, take now your son, your only son, and travel here and take him up to the mountain, and I want you to sacrifice him to me. Kill him, burn him, offer him as a sacrifice to me. You talk about a moment. Oh, my gosh. If God were to require of me or you to take something that was unbelievably precious, more valuable to us than anything we owned or or possessed or had in our life, and say, you know what, I know you love that, and I even gave it to you, but now what I want from you is I want you to take that thing and sacrifice it, kill it, give it up, burn it to me. I want to receive that back as an offering from you. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. Well, you know the story. He just packed up his things, got his servants together, loaded up the mules, and headed out on a journey. When they arrived at the mountain, you know the story. He turns to his servants. He says, hey, guys, y'all can hang out here. Me and the lad, we're going up to worship. See, Abraham had faith because he had a word from God concerning this son long before the son ever even arrived on the scene. So Abraham was now going to act out his faith by walking. He said, the lad and I are going up to worship. Didn't say we're going to go and sacrifice. We're going to go up and worship. 
You know the story, of course. As they were coming up the side of the mountain, the lad says, where's the sacrifice? Abram says, Jehovah Jireh. He says, God will provide for himself a sacrifice. And sure enough, man, as God or as Abraham was about to, to raise the knife and slay his son and offer him to God without ever asking a question, God said, nope, don't do that. I see your heart. I see that your yes is yes. When you say you trust me, when you say you have faith in my word, I see clearly that your yes is yes. Now going back a bit, how about Moses? When Moses had killed an Egyptian and he had run away and he was in hiding, basically, and after all those years of of being in the wilderness, he says, now you're going to go back to Pharaoh and you're going to tell him, let my people go. This guy's a wanted criminal, man. And his yes had to be yes. Did he argue with God a little bit? Oh, sure he did. We all do. How about David? When Saul was hunkered down in a bunker somewhere and he was hiding from a Philistine that God had already given him victory over, but Saul's leadership was lacking, and David said, look, if you're not going to do this, I will do this. David's yes was yes. He was not afraid to say yes and then walk out onto the battlefield and face what no other Israelite was willing to face. How about Jonah? Jonah's a great example because Jonah's Jonah's no was no, and then God had to arrest his attention and turn his heart so his yes would be yes. How about Jeremiah? We talk about Jeremiah on this program all the time. God was so specific in Jeremiah chapter number one with who Jeremiah was, what his calling was, and all of that. And Jeremiah said, but God, I don't know how to talk. I don't know how to speak. I don't know how to, I'm young. I'm to this. I'm, he began giving him all the reasons why he was disqualified. But God had to get his attention and, and assure him, I need you to say yes because the assignment that I have for you, what I have for you to do in the earth is so important. It will change nations. And I'm talking to my audience now. What God has for you to do is so important. It is critical that your yes be yes. I find that sometimes we say yes, but then we begin to go inside and look at our our qualifications, our insecurities, and we begin to, to weigh more heavily those things against what we know God has said about us. But your yes must be yes if you're going to be successful in life. Well, how about some historical examples? There's a few of those as well. One that I love, gosh, I love this one, is William Wilberforce. British politician, philanthropist, great leader of a movement in his day to abolish the slave trade. If you've never seen the movie Amazing Grace, you really need to go see that movie. That movie is riveting and speaks so amazingly to the life of a person who simply said, if it costs me everything, my yes will be yes. Wilberforce took up a cause. He became consumed with a passion to see the abolition of slavery. He was he lived his life for that movement. It was his assignment. It was his one thing. And in the face of extreme cultural and political pressure, I'm talking about like over-the-top threats, he determined that the cause, the cause, the end game was worth it 
and all the threats to his family, to his own life, were small in comparison to the truth that was inside of him. He said yes. For 46 years, this guy remained utterly committed to this call. 46 years. Never a day that there wasn't extreme opposition. 46 years. His yes was yes. 1787 to 1833 to be specific. And in 1833, watch this, as a direct result of his yes, slavery was abolished. Let me show you how this works. Three days after the passage of the law, Wilberforce died. His yes took him to the end of his journey, but his yes also caused him to fulfill his destiny. He could not die. Listen to me. Wilberforce could not die until he had completed his assignment. I love the story. How about Braveheart? How about William Wallace? Here's a man who decided to stand up to tyranny, stand up to injustice, a man who in every way challenged the status quo. And he determined that if I have to do this thing alone, my yes is going to be yes. I'll do whatever it's necessary to see my country, my people free. Wallace's destiny, ladies and gentlemen, was to turn the tide of tyranny, to instill hope and freedom into a generation of young men, young women who were coming up so that in their time they could establish a nation. How many times in that story do we see the opportunities and the reasons that he was given to quit? He could have quit a thousand times. He could have run away. He was given the chance. He could have given up. But this man's yes was yes. And when faced with the most difficult of tasks, when faced with impending defeat, he did not deviate, not even for a moment, from his yes. And you know what's cool about that that story and what's amazing about the movie is he was so committed that he had no problem calling others to do the same. You know, when you, when you see the battle that's ahead of you and you know that your destiny is going to be determined by the outcome your choice of your choice in that moment, remember what Wallace said to all those fellas. They were like, no, man, we're going to run away. We're not going to fight. Are you kidding me? Look at this army that's facing us. They're going to wipe us out. If we fight, we're going to die. And his response was so powerful. He said, fight and you may die. Run and you'll live at least for a while. Oh, I want you to hear this. (laughs) And dying in your beds many years from now, Would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that day for one chance, just one chance to come back here and tell your enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. My friends, fight and you may die. Run away and yeah, you won't have to fuss with anything maybe, but you won't really live. 
Because someday you're going to look back on the opportunities, the potential, the assignment, the woulda, coulda, shouldas. You're going to look back and you're going to know in your heart, I'd give everything I had to go back just for one chance to say yes, to really mean it, and to act on my yes. A powerful metaphor and story that is. I came across some amazing quotes that have to do with this subject, and I want to share them with you now. Pat Riley, great coach, legendary basketball coach, said, there are only two options regarding commitment. You're either in or you're out. There is no such thing as life in between. Bruce Jenner, famous Olympic champion, he says, if you want to take your mission in life to the next level, if you're stuck and you don't know how to rise, don't look outside yourself. Look inside. Don't let your fears keep you mired in the crowd. Oh, there's plenty of folks that will hang out with you when you're not really engaged. But he says, abolish your fears and raise your commitment level to the point of no return. And I guarantee you that the champion within will burst forth to propel you toward victory. James Womack says, commitment, commitment unlocks the doors of imagination. Commitment allows vision and it gives us the right stuff to turn our dreams into reality. The great Vince Lombardi, football coach, legendary. He said, individual commitment to a group effort. That is what makes a team work, a company work, a society work, a civilization work. And of course, another one that I really love, Tony Robbins. He says, I believe life is constantly testing us for our level of commitment and life's greatest rewards are reserved for those who demonstrate a never-ending commitment to act until they achieve this level of resolve can move mountains but it is but it must be constant and consistent as simplistic as this may sound it is still the common denominator separating those who live their dreams from those who live in regret Matthew 5 again don't make vows just for the sake of making promises don't say you're going to do something and not really mean it. Don't take an oath or issue guarantees, I'm going to do this, unless you really mean it. Just let your yes be yes. Go all in. Or, if it's a no, let your no be no. Just say a simple yes, I will. No, I won't. Bible says that a man should not expect that he would receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Most people misquote that scripture. They talk about, well, a double-minded man is unstable. No, the scripture says a man should not expect that he would receive anything from God as long as he's not single-minded. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Let me close with a couple things here. Some of you, your dreams, the vision, the excitement for life, it's been laying dormant for years. Others of you know what God's called you to do. They, you have a sense of what has been presented to you as an opportunity, but you're running, man. You're running scared. 
you are fighting with these internal voices and you are running just like Jonah did. Others may now for the first time in your life be hearing God say, I am calling you out. It's time. Come on. It's time. Time for you to say yes. Time for you to say yes. So my challenge to you is this. No more hiding. No more running. No more allowing fear to keep you paralyzed or on the sidelines. No more excuses. Start that business. Marry that person, for goodness sake. Make that commitment. Go all in. Do it. Get in there. Get in the game. Put action to your words. I want to leave you with these questions today. What decision that you really need to make, what decision have you been running away from? What is it in your life right now that you've been just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, not fully committed one way or the other? You just you say yes one day, the next day you're like, ah, I'm not sure. What is it in your life right now that you need to make a decision on and go all in? And one more for your consideration. What have you said yes to, but you've not yet taken action on? What have you said yes to and not yet taken action on? I challenge you today. Let your yes be yes. Get committed. That means all in whatever it takes. And I believe that in doing so, You're going to see the next days, weeks, months, and years of your life so fruitful, so prosperous, so blessed, so fulfilling because your yes was a yes. Well, if you'd like to comment on this episode, please go to brianholmes.com forward slash zero five three. Go to the show notes for that episode, and that's at the bottom of the post there. We'd love to hear from you. I want to hear the answers to your questions. Engage with us in conversation. Let us know where you are being called out to say yes. Well, we'd invite you to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes, and while you're in there, be sure to rate the podcast and leave a review. That helps us greatly in getting the message out, getting the word out to others who have not yet discovered the Strategic Living Podcast. And all that can be done at brianholmes.com forward slash iTunes. Well, a couple of quick announcements that I want to uh, share with you. And that is that we are bringing the Ties That Bind encounter, the live encounter, me teaching it, training it, doing it, to Houston, Texas on October the 10th, October the 11th. It is going to be a massive Encounter. It's going to be a phenomenal time together. And you can find out all the information you need to at brianholmes.com. Right on the homepage, you'll see a graphic in the top right-hand corner that says Ties That Bind. Just click that. It'll take you right to it. And also, we're going to be announcing some big things for the new year, some new programs we're going to be launching online for training. I'm excited about that as well. Well, we would so appreciate it if you would share what you have learned today with someone that you love and care about. It's been a blessing to you, and know that we are here for you. We love you. We bless you. We believe in you. We'll see you again back here next week.